We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. (laughs) This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested podcast. Coming to you live Sunday night, October 3rd, 9 p.m. Central Time from YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. It is our last podcast before the 2021-22 OKC Thunder take the hardwood. We are a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got Justin Peabody and his allergies joining us tonight. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I've got like a slightly lower octave. um, Probably have some intermittent nose blowing. It's pretty exciting times (laughs) around this house. We've got Taylor Peterson here. Last off-season pod. J.D. Silva working the magic. Never enough chocolate, and I can't wait to see more. <laughs> What's up? It's my new favorite sound. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. For anyone like, not, not watching the ourselves. stream, Taylor didn't just randomly interject that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's that was sounder. Silva dropping a, a sounder. sounder. <laughs> Every time I just rave about Poku. So I was going to play that sounder every time. <laughs> it's I, I cannot wait for it. my favorite uh, one. Silva, you got to cue it up right now. My favorite one is the dog. It one. is hot the dog and do? sexy and popping. That's a good one. <laughs> play the dog one. Silva's game ready. What the dog doing? <laughs> that one gets me every time. Man. And the timing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, like we said at the top of the show, guys, last 
off-season podcast. Bum, bum, bum. 24 hours from the time we are recording this, the Thunder will be probably in the fourth quarter of their first preseason game of the year. Justin, 24 hours from now, start of the fourth quarter of the preseason game. What five Thunder players are on the floor? Oh, gosh. Fourth um, quarter. Uh, whatever the end of the bench is. <laughs> uh, can we bring back Charlie Brown Jr. before tomorrow? Yeah. He probably gets some burn. I bet fourth um, quarter tomorrow we see the three rookies. Do you think so? Uh, I, I think yeah, that's fair. I could see that. Maybe maybe, I, maybe not all three. Maybe see point. some Mike Muscala there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I could see uh, some some Trey Man, the Trey Man show. Um maybe JRE. Uh, Kenny Hustle. I mean, it's probably going to look a lot like the end of last season. I bet. Oh, which was Gabriel, some not very fun. Gabriel lineups. Deck is one hundred percent. Oh, the game Deck, in the that's quarter. a good one. Um, <laughs> who's the, the yo, um, DJ Wilson probably is a good candidate there. Mama um, Dia and Mama Dia. Yes. Mama Dia will be in there in the fourth quarter for sure. <laughs> yeah, keep throw, throw one of the Thunder drummers out there. Maybe a Storm Chaser. <laughs> God, I hope this, uh, the Thunder drummers are not around this season. The, I, you I've hate gone, the drummers? I don't I, mind the drummers. The drummers are okay, but I've gone 19 months without a storm chaser. Now tomorrow, the storm chasers are. Storm. That's true. I'm gonna be upset. I'm gonna get very irked. They have fire a lot of ground off, to make up. Fire off some tweets about the storm chasers. But Silver brings up a good point. They might be like 12 out of 10 on the hype scale. Yeah, we uh, can only hope. <laughs> A little ridiculous, but I've got my Vax card up uploaded. There you go. Uh, I've, nice. I'm cleared to get into the building. So it Jacob will, uh, is vaxxed and waxed and ready for a preseason <laughs> game. 100%. 100%. So, gentlemen, let's jump in and talk about they, they have a preseason game tomorrow night, obviously, against the Charlotte Hornets. Next one doesn't come again until next Sunday. They have a six-day break, which is kind of interesting that they're getting such a long layoff in between two preseason games. So we will record, obviously we'll drop this episode. We're going to drop our post game podcast tomorrow night. So make sure you join us after the game for our live stream and check out the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. We then will not record again until next Sunday night. Maybe we'll throw some midweek, something in there uh, just for the hell of it, but not again till next Sunday night where we will do our post-game podcast of that second preseason game. Plus, next week is the best podcast of the year, the Bets Pod. Yes. So get ready, get it fired up, as we will be talking NBA and Thunder Bets next season. Cannot wait for it. So, but I, tonight, I want to talk about this Charlotte Hornets game tomorrow, this preseason game. And kind of what, what are some things that you guys expect from that game and from the preseason in general? I expect a lot of bad basketball. Okay. <laughs> Not a fair place to start. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is some Josh Giddy actual playing time. Given yeah, how yeah. Summer League went down, I think that's probably where Thunder fans' attention is going to be mostly pent up. Probably Giddy and Poku. See where Poku's at coming out of a full offseason. See what the uh, muscle watch has done for him. See what Giddy looks like in NBA action. I'll be at preseason, but like that's all we've got. 
he he played five minutes in the summer league. Poku didn't play in the summer league. I think getting a chance to see some some real playing time from them is what gives me like a slight amount of interest. Yeah, still not tons of interest. Um, but I think <laughs> looking forward to seeing both of those guys play and see you know kind of where they're at following summer and and following you know a good chunk of training camp. I think if you polled Thunder fans, a lot of them would say the two guys they're looking forward to seeing the most, probably Giddy and Poku as well. I think that's probably at the top of the list. But Silva, if you have to, had to choose a third guy you're most interested in seeing in preseason, seeing what they look like, who would you choose? Probably Darius Baisley, just because I'm I'm super curious about his third year, and it's such a pivotal third year for him. I want to see if he flashes. I know it is just preseason, you know, so not everyone's going to be trying the hardest. But offensively, I think it can show off something, something more than what we've seen at this point. You'd rather see something good than something bad in preseason, right? right? Yep. Here's my thing in preseason. Um, this really hit home for me, gosh, probably four or five seasons ago. I think before we were ever even doing the podcast, there was two straight preseason games where I watched Andre Robertson handle the ball in a pick-and-roll situation <laughs> and thought, is this some new little wrinkle? Like Andre got handles in the offseason? And then we nope. never saw it again <laughs> he did not. the rest of his career. And I was like, oh, remember uh, preseason is it? just a chance for guys to dick around and yes. do stuff that they would never actually get to do. Well, the so last I've learned to like pump the brakes on a lot of preseason stuff. <laughs> to that point, I think it was three seasons ago now because um, I was there. It was one of the, the last preseason game they had in Tulsa prior to COVID. Um, Steven Adams. First play of the game. Yes. Or three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to see it live. Yep. We've you remember how like from him. You remember how enthralled we were before the Thunder came getting a NBA preseason game? Wasn't it like the Lakers and I can't remember who they played, but I remember going to that game and like getting to like Oklahoma City lay eyes on actual (laughs) NBA players. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this isn't the uh, Harlem Globetrotters like I usually go watch. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. I remember vividly when, uh, Jordan Bell for the Warriors hit a step back three or like an off the dribble three and everyone lost their mind. They were like, oh, Golden State has done it again. They're light light years ahead of the rest of the league. What a steal. Modern day stretch big right there, Jordan Jordan Bell. That is true. (laughs) Preseason hot takes are second only to summer Summer league hot takes. So we do have that going for us. 100%. Um, Besides players, well, and we're going to dive more. I guess let's just do it now since we're already talking about players. (laughs) <laughs> specifically i want to know which player thunder fans need to watch for in the preseason we've already prefaced it with you can't take a lot away from the preseason guys try stuff that they're not really going to do during the season but which player specifically i want one, i want one from each of you do you think thunder fans really need to focus on this preseason to kind of get a glimpse of where they are as far as their development and Taylor, uh, let's let's get you to kick us off here. I think uh, this is the low hanging fruit, but I honestly think it's it's probably the most critical for OKC at this point. You guys already kind of alluded to him, Poku. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, Grant, uh, for example, Dignall had a quote where he mentioned that the rotations are going to change. Or this was sorry, uh, a couple of days ago at training camp, he mentioned the ro- rotations are going to change over the, over the course of the four preseason games, uh, basically saying that you know what you have in Shea Lou and Baisley. 
Uh, he called it the Shea Lou Baisley category. You know what they are. You just have to get them what they need. And he mentions like Mascala, Ty Jerome, others have a full body of work and they can kind of bounce around as well within those lineups. So for Poku, I think there's going to be opportunity for him to kind of be a guy within a lineup. Uh, we might see lineups of like, uh, you know, without Shea and Dor essentially. Um, you're going to see Poku out there. I'm really curious to see how he looks from a confidence standpoint and a strength standpoint. The offensive end of the floor, is he handling the ball a little more? Is he able to kind of be a de facto go-to scorer when Shea and Lou are off the bench? Uh, And then also, I think another critical point, and this one's, again, pretty obvious, but the defensive side. Um, We know that he's gained some core strength. He's he's gained some lower body strength. How does that translate against NBA-ready, NBA strength? guys i guess that that he'll be going against so i think poku is kind of the one i think it's probably the most critical justin give me somebody else besides poku that thunder fans need to watch during summer league to well, get, it's gonna a, be, get a glimpse of of their growth it's going to be hard because my eyeballs are going to be digitally sewn <laughs> to pokushevsky um much like they were for most of last season um aside from him i'm intrigued question mark by <laughs> isaiah roby yes that's just yep all the comments that kind of feel like they came out of left field about Isaiah Roby and how much fun he is to play with and how, you know, good he's looked in training camp. Like, what does that mean? I don't, I don't know what to do with that information. So I'd like to see something. And especially given how terrible he was um, in his first go round in preseason for the Thunder <laughs> to where we're all predicting his eventual like cutting. Um I don't know. I'm interested to see what he can do. Like what, what has he added that has made all these thunder players glow about him? So I'll be watching mm-hmm. that a little bit for sure. I would Silver, just say, what you got? I was just going to say in terms of Roby, just like a quick disclaimer, I'm not like down on Roby. I, I mean, we'll get into this. I personally think he'll probably start. I think he'll get a lot of opportunity this season. Um, and I did like a lot of what we saw there, especially towards the end of last season from Roby. But I also know this, the group of young guys, especially after this past season, they're very close um, and I think there's a little bias there as well, right? Like, you know, Lou's already going to be hyped up. So Shea doesn't have to hype up Lou. Um, you know, Giddy is a six, you know, six overall pick coming in. They don't have to hype up Giddy. Nobody's talking about Roby. And I think there might be a little bias there of somebody like a Shea and a Dort trying to, you know, I think Roby has really taken a step trying to kind of boost yep. him up. That's not to say that Roby hasn't taken a step in general. Um, but I don't know. I think there's a, a little bias there probably from a friendship point of view. I think that's totally fair. Silva, who do you got? I am curious what Trey Mann looks like among other NBA players for a consistent amount of, amount of time. I know he was kind of considered a reach whenever Presti drafted him, and we drafted, we, we traded away our, our what would have been our third first-round pick in that draft. Uh, so I think Thunder fans uh, were a little bit confused as to why we did that uh, and why we reached, quote-unquote, reached to get a guy like Trey Mann. So I'm curious to see what he looks like on the court. What does he what does he offer besides three-point shooting to the team? Saw a video of him on Twitter today shooting, and like his shot looks really good. Uh, but I am I am curious to see what, what Trey Mann offers that the guards we already have don't. I think that's fair. Nobody took Giddy, so I'm going to take Giddy there on this go. one. He's just... There's so many fascinating things about him that I think you'll start to get a little bit of answers to in the preseason. Like... When he is on the court, is he the like de facto ball handler? If he's out there with Shea, is the ball in Giddy's hands to to initiate possessions and Shea is is playing off ball? Are they switching back and forth? 
Is it just grab and go whoever gets it? Um, who do they match him up on defensively? Do they let him defend guards who are, are quicker and he maybe struggles with? Do they put him on bigger types of guys, more athletic types of guys? Um, th- there's a lot of interesting... Giddy to me is he's so important to this team as the number six overall pick and he has such a unique skill set and upside but he's like this puzzle piece that we just don't know where he goes in the puzzle yet yep and i think tomorrow we don't get the answers but maybe we start to see like oh he's on this side of the puzzle or that side of the we start to get a little bit clearer of a picture starts to come a little bit more in focus. That's kind of what I'm going to look for in all these preseason games. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Dignal. Really just to see how they they make everything kind of kind of fall into place. So we've talked players and what to look for for each player. Now just as the team is concerned, holistically, what are you guys watching for in preseason? I think lineups is the biggest thing. It kind of like you mentioned, like uh, Jacob, you mentioned Giddy. Um, and like Dagnalt mentioned his defense two different times, being able to guard bigger players um, and, and having the ability to, you know, that, that versatility that we've talked a lot about. I'm really curious to see how the lineups, you know, I mentioned the quote that Dagnalt had about the different lineups. Um, I'm curious to see how that looks tomorrow, kind of the different lineups that he throws out there. And then I'm curious to track that and see if that changes at all throughout the rest of the preseason. Um, because I think as we get later into the preseason and closer and closer to that first regular season game here in a week or so, or maybe two weeks. Two weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're going to see something that resembles more of a ro- normal rotation that we'll see like kind of start the regular season. Interesting. Taylor, do you think the five that start tomorrow night against Charlotte are the same five that will start opening regular season game number one with the exception of if I think we believe Derek favors will start, he might not be available or healthy tomorrow. So with the exception of that, do you think the starting lineup tomorrow night against the Charlotte Hornets in preseason game one is the same starting lineup on October 20th? I don't just based off the couple quotes that they don't had. Um, if I had to predict right now, I think it's going to be Shea, Lou, Poku, Baisley, Roby. And if we're talking like starting night, I think there's a or opening night of the regular season. I think there's a good chance Giddy could slide into that position. And you have a player In like place Poku of... coming off the bench. I think probably Poku. Okay. I think they'll play Baisley and uh, Favors, potentially Baisley and Roby. We'll see. That's what I'm like really curious to watch. I think they're going to give Baisley every opportunity he can. Yep. Personally, I'm team just throw Poku and, and uh, Giddy out there together at the forwards. I agree completely. That's where I'm at. That'd be the most fun <laughs> lineup, yeah. Yeah, what else do you guys have as far as things to watch for the team for the preseason? I'm curious to see, like, do we see any um, interesting, n- not plays, but like offensive sets? Um, I, I know it's preseason and we're probably going to get some very vanilla basketball that mostly resembles a pickup game, but like, is there any little nuggets that we can take away from that? Like, is there a way that, um, you know, Giddy and Teo play off each other or Poku and Baisley? I don't know. Like what, what are some interesting combos where it's like, okay, there's something there that could maybe 
be something we see throughout the season. Like I said, yeah. I think it's probably going to be a lot of just like glorified pickup. Um, so I don't know that we'll get a ton of that, but I'm, I am curious to see just because of the makeup of the roster, like what are some of these sets going to look like for this team, given the personnel that they have? Like, how are they going to use all these pieces on a roster that's kind of strange in the way that it's constructed? Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but so many guards and no centers. Like, h- how do they take advantage of that? How do they use that throughout mm-hmm. the season? I think it'll be fascinating. Yeah, I want to know what the offense looks like whenever Shea is not on the floor. Like, with Teo's entering his second year, he's got biceps now. Is he <laughs> is he more aggressive with his ball handling, with trying to get to the rim? Teo, uh, uh, Ty Jerome is healthy coming into this True. Uh, preseason, which he wasn't last year. I think he had a solid year last year. Shot, I think, like 42% from three. Does he make a leap? Is he uh, more involved in the offense? I think he averaged three assists a game, so... Who, who gets more reps whenever Shea is not there as far as, I mean, obviously Giddy is going to handle the ball, uh, but between Teo and Ty Jerome, I wonder how how that weighs out. You know how I feel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Jacob would be, be watching that one too. Shea, Dort, Ty Jerome, Poku, Baisley, <laughs> probably the starting five. <laughs> I think, Justin, I think you hit on something really interesting there as far as like the offensive sets and whatnot. Like, I want to see... Like, do they use Giddy as a screener mm-hmm. instead yes. of a ball handler in a pick and roll? Yes, or do Poku they, or yeah. Shea, like yeah. a, a, a Poku Giddy pick and roll. Oh my! On gosh. either side, <laughs> regardless of who's handling the ball and who's setting the screen, is like incredibly fun. You oh, know, yeah. it's um, super weird, but could be fun. Yes, like do we see like some <laughs> inverted pick and rolls where like Poku is handling and Shea sets the screen? Things oh, like that. Yeah. I, I'm excited Lord to have Marcy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see little just weird wrinkles that they're able to do because of just the sheer amount of skill they have on the team. I have a new sounder request, Silva, of Jacob saying, I'm excited to see little weird wrinkles. <laughs> I'll take Sorry. note. I'll take note. Uh-huh. Go ahead and rip it. No, some of those combos, you know, they they could be um, they sound weird, but they could be exciting and possibly good. Kind of like the time that I um, scooped Fritos in Cool Whip. What the hell? Make your own okay. judgments. Um, but if <laughs> what if you're looking for a food Pause, adventure, hold on, I have a recommendation. Why did that even cross your mind? <laughs> it's about to say. <laughs> Like, I don't have the answer to that. How high were you? In okay. his defense, he did say accidentally. <laughs> no, it was a. It was more of a. It was more of a situation of not having a lot of other options in the house. Yeah. <laughs> and you weren't just feeling the plain corn chip. Yeah, know, so it was gotta, just like I don't know, sweet and salty. It wasn't bad. Don't knock it till you try it. What's bad? That's weird, bro. That's what. That's what a. That's what this is like. That's exactly what a. a Poku, Poku Shea pick and roll with Shea as the screener is like. It doesn't make sense, but it might be good. That's, yeah. Uh, all right. That's, that is a good point. Like one thing I keep thinking about is, is not Fritos and Cool Whip, but um, is what Presty mentioned and really kept reiterating throughout his, his press availability um, here, I guess like what was a week ago from this past Friday. I get mentioning like, the season being all about letting these young guys play and seeing what they have and just kind of setting a benchmark uh, for, for where these players are even at. And so I am curious to see like 
I mean, you have 10 to 12 players of guys that they do want to get a look at. How do you even play all those guys? Get them out on the floor to see what you have in them, right? And even give them a chance. And what do those different lineups and, and things look like? Do we even get any consistency in terms of those lineups and things? Or is, there, is, is it literally just throw the guys out there and see what you have for half the season? And then you start to kind of uh, decide on some of these players. I don't know. It's um, it's a big task, I think, for somebody like, like Dagnall um, to be able to incorporate all these different players and just, like I keep saying, to see what they have. Um, so, yeah. They, they might be using the G League a lot. True. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Good point too. And that's what's hard is like all these questions are fascinating, but I don't think any of them get answered in preseason. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But some of them might start the answer might start to become a little clearer. Yeah, in preseason is my big thing. You make um, it a right. tease. Exactly. I'm also excited to see little things like what has Shea added? Uh, how does Dort finish at the rim? Um, you know, I don't know. Does Teo do anything that makes me not want to go to sleep? Wow. Okay. <laughs> there's just there's just going to be some interesting stuff. Bases to, outside shooting. Um, yeah. In, you know, in general. Just yeah. these little <laughs> things. <laughs> like, is Shay going to pull something off where I say, ooh, I haven't seen that before, Shay? You know, is, I don't know, is Dort going to do some sort of like crazy, like lefty floaters? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of, Preseason feels like the time where the vets get to show off what they worked on all summer. Yeah. And so I'm excited to get to see for like the first like five or six minutes and then they get yanked. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So which in our case is kind of fun this year. Yes. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, gentlemen. Well, we've kind of broken down what to expect for the preseason. We will be back again Monday night post-game live here on all of our our social channels and also dropping the podcast on the pod feed with, hey, J.D. Silva is working on a new post-game intro for us. Yeah. It's going to be pretty nice. So make sure you join (laughs) us. Check out the post-game podcast tomorrow uh, after the game. We'll be live here probably about 10 p.m., uh, about 30 minutes or so after the conclusion of the game. So make sure you join us. It should be a blast. 
With that said, gentlemen, let's move on and wrap up our preseason primer. Last division this week. We're going to talk about the teams out in the Pacific division. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Our first team, the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors last season ended 39 and 33, eighth in the Western Conference. They were in that play-in game, uh, that that awesome play-in game against Memphis that they ended up losing and getting bounced out of the. No, they they lost against Memphis, and then did they have to play a second one, a second play-in game? Yeah, uh, the Lakers, right? Yeah, yeah, because LeBron yeah, hit yeah, that yeah. super deep three. Yes, was, we is, were yeah. watching that together, Jacob. Yes, wow. sorry, dude, it's been a long time. <laughs> Memorable, clearly. It has been a long time. Yeah. So, <laughs> still, they they lost back to back playing games. Did not make the playoffs. Uh, end up getting two lottery picks, and I think their outlook for this next season uh, much different than last season. Taylor, why don't you go ahead and tell us kind of what all they did over the summer? Um. So really, this kind of had a small few um, notable players who became free agents. Kent Bazemore, who ended up signing with the Lakers. Uh, Jordan Bell, honestly, I don't even remember where he's at. I want to say it's Minnesota, but I can't remember. Uh, Nico Mannion uh, actually became a free agent. That one's kind of interesting. I believe he was on a two-way last year. And Kelly Oubre Jr., who is uh, going to be playing with Charlotte um, in OKC tomorrow. So that's kind of fun. Um, And then, like you mentioned, Jacob, uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody were the two draft picks for Golden State, which both were, uh, you know, high draft picks and I think are going to be pretty good for them, playing a large role for them. Uh, they picked up Otto Porter Jr. Uh, they picked up Andre Iguodala came back from the Heat, Langston Galloway. Um, they re-signed Jordan Bell. Never mind. I thought he went away. <laughs> Avery Bradley currently is on like a training camp deal. That one's sounds fascinating. Like he has- yeah, yeah, very. And it sounds like he has a pretty uh, decent shot to getting that last roster spot. Um, I saw today that Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton, what, what, the second, the third, whatever he is. Uh, the Gary Payton <laughs> who's playing in the league right now, <laughs> apparently he had like some like weird hernia deal going on and is recovering yeah. from that. And while I, like, I, you know, I think the Warriors have been pretty um, – what's the word I'm looking for considerate of that and like watching out for him and stuff. Like there's a good chance because of that, from what I read that Avery Bradley could get that last spot. So nothing too crazy. Uh, also, they re-signed, or I guess not even re-signed. They, uh, Seth Curry signed a veteran extension, um, which is great for them. And then I think the biggest thing of all, right, and this one's kind of obvious, but here at a certain point, probably around Christmas or a little after, Clay Thompson's going to be back. Um, knock on wood. So, yeah. Definitely. And coming down the pipeline today, apparently Andrew Wiggins finally got a needle in his arm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. So he is not going to miss 41 games. Andrew Wiggins uh, finally has good shot selection, question mark. <laughs> hey, well, I'm still he not convinced. Faked, he pump faked this one about 5,000 times before he actually did it. So I'm Money not talks. he wasn't like chained to a chair by Steph and just. <laughs> I did see that. I don't know if you guys have seen this on Twitter today. Uh, apparently, maybe on Instagram, uh, Davis Bertans posted something about Jonathan Isaac saying, you know, we all have a choice. Please respect his. And someone said, this is the first time I've ever seen Davis Bertans defend somebody in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. So, Golden State, Justin, what are some interesting things you're looking at with them this season? 
I think the clay piece was what I was going to bring up first and foremost is like, what, what does he look like? That's a long time to not be playing basketball and to come back from an injury and to get reintegrated into their lineup. And like, is it just instantly light switch splash bros are back like golden States, crazy fun again. I doubt it, but that would be really fun if that happened. But like, what does it look like when he comes back to basketball? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest question marks. The other one selfishly, as someone who follows the Thunder and was quite convinced Jonathan Kaminga was going to be possibly a member of the Thunder. I'm curious to see what he looks like during the season. How does he develop? How does he contribute? Does he make me uh, wring my hands and wish that we had him instead of Giddy? Or does it go the other way around where it's like, ooh, okay, we made the right call. So I'll be kind of keeping my eye on that with the Warriors as well. Is Kaminga older than Giddy? I think so. I think so as well. They're Giddy's both really super young. young. Yeah. Be 19. I mean, it might be like a matter of days. I'll still get yeah. up. <laughs> Giddy won't be 19 for a little while. I'm interested in the rookies as well. Justin, last year, they didn't play their rookie. Like, at all. And Wiseman was the number two overall pick. Yeah. So, does Wiseman get burned this year? Uh, do the two rookies from this class get a lot of playing time on this team? Now, over the offseason, the Golden State Warriors revamped their coaching staff to get more developmental-type coaches in there to help these young guys out. But you're at this interesting spot where guys like Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, like it is win right now. But as we know, development is a slow burn process and you have to take a few steps back in order to take a giant leap forward in development. That's just the way the game works. And so it's like two contradictory ideas and it's going to be fascinating to me how they balance that. So this is pretty interesting. Jonathan Kaminga, October 6th birthday, three day in three days, he'll be turning 19. Now Josh Giddy, October 10th birthday. Oh, a week from today, he'll be turning 19. So a very, very close in age. I want to see the birth certificate for Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> it's like in uh, bench warmers. Oh, I is 18. <laughs> oh, my God. So, will you have anything else for, for the Golden State Warriors here? Yeah, I can't stop thinking about this. The fact that on the most recent low post, they talked for like three to five minutes about the 15th roster spot on Golden State. Uh, the the Gary Payton the second versus Avery Bradley scenario. The fact that, that we have talked and thought about that so much does make me worry about the general depth point. the general depth of the warriors. I do think they have a very high ceiling if things if everything works out. But it, there there are just a lot of ifs. Uh, you're relying on a lot of young depth if Clay does not really turn out how you, how you want him to be. That's a good point. I'm pretty optimistic about Clay though. So, same. Like if Clay comes back around Christmas and I don't think he's going to be Clay of old, but is he 90% like, I think they yep. mentioned this on the low post. Like, I don't think he's going to be Clay, but I don't think he's going to be like JJ Reddick either. Yeah. Right. If he falls somewhere in the middle of that, preferably in the top half of that. If he's Joe Harris. Yeah. Maybe you know, more than Joe Harris. <laughs> well, he's, he could be Joe Harris, but a lot better defensively. Yeah. True. That's so here's point. the big thing Golden State's over under 48. Ooh. Where are you guys landing on this one? I'm leaning <sighs> under. I like that one. I'm, I'm leaning under. under slightly. Yep. I'm, yeah, I was going to say under, but barely. I'll like under. maybe 46. Wow, okay, I'll take the over. I feel yeah. pretty good on the over on this one. I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. 
Okay. A really good regular season team. And if Clay comes back and, and they find a groove, watch out. Like Ooh, that's now, where I think they'll get it clicking. I just now, worry about being those in young the same players. division and playing four games against both the Lakers and the Suns. Yep. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I like them a lot. I think they're going to be really, really good. All right. Speaking of, let's move on to a team from LA, uh, not the Lakers, but the Clippers. Last season, they end 47 and 25, fourth in the Western Conference. They win their first two playoff series, make it to the Western Conference finals against the Phoenix Suns uh, after just losing Kawhi in the second round and just completely embarrassing Utah. They make it against up to the Suns in the Western Conference finals, but ultimately fall short. Uh, the loss of Kawhi just a little too heavy for them. Uh, their season unfortunately ends in ugly fashion with Patrick Beverly shoving Chris Paul in the back in the closing moments of that game. Taylor, what all did the Phoenix, or sorry, not the Phoenix Suns, we're talking about the Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers. here. What all did the Clippers do this offseason? So the Clippers, I think you probably we probably should just start with their draft. They had a pretty interesting draft, taking a flyer on two guys that um, have potential high upside, but were kind of frowned upon for different aspects of their game. Uh, those two players being Keon Johnson and BJ Boston Jr. Uh, um, Reggie Jackson signed a new contract with the Clippers. The big one here is Kawhi. Uh, he signed a multi-year contract, a new multi-year deal with the Clippers, which was fascinating because it didn't happen right away. You know, there's all the whispers that, you know, Kawhi could wait, sign a one-year deal, and then, or like opt into his last contract, then sign a new deal, get more money, whatever. He put all that to rest. He signed a, uh, I believe it was a four-year contract with the Clippers. Um, Nick Batum came back on a new deal, and then they acquired Eric Bledsoe uh, and a TPE. In return for Patrick Beverly, Daniel Arturu, and uh, Rondo uh, to the Grizzlies. Now we know that Rondo obviously is with the Lakers, uh, Beverly's with the Wolves, but regardless, they, they were able to get Eric Bledsoe out of that deal. Um, let's see, they got Yogi Farrell off of waivers. I actually kind of forgot about that. Ooh, this is kind of an interesting one. Harry Giles, uh, that's a player that we've talked about in the past for the you know past couple of seasons that potentially could have been like a target that the Thunder could go after in the trade. Um, Harry Giles ended up signing a contract with the Lakers. Uh, Hardenstein signed a contract with the Clippers. That's another, I think it's the Lakers, sorry. Um, the Clippers. Um, that, that's another interesting big man there. And I'm scrolling up. I don't really see anything else too crazy. Oh, uh, Amir Coffey. Uh, Coffee is back with the Clippers. It feels like he's been there forever, but he signed a two, two-way contract with the Clippers. So there, there we you go. go. Silva, big takeaways, things you're looking at with the Clippers this season. I think if they if they manage to stay healthy, especially if, if Paul George, I think they're going to make at least, I don't know, the seventh seventh or eighth seed in the West. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. I had thought about that as a possibility when, the, when Kawhi was officially ruled out for most of this next season. And then I started to think, okay, what – Where's the Thunder's pick going to fall and things like that. But I think especially uh, Reggie Jackson is going to be a big swing piece for them. The guy averaged 17-3-3 in the postseason, uh, took seven threes a game and shot 40% on on those threes. I am very curious if he can keep that up. Uh, He hasn't. He hasn't really kept that up at all his entire career in Detroit. And he, he wasn't too good the first start of the season, the first half of last season for the Clippers. So can he he take what he found in the playoffs and run with it this next season. I don't know. I don't know. And um, yep. 
what kind of Paul George do we see? He he was guy was fighting his demons on the court almost every night, and uh, <laughs> most of the time he won. Like he, Paul George overall was very good, very yep. good in the playoffs. I think he kind of overcame the playoff P stuff uh, for the most part. So we'll see what that looks like in the regular season. Justin, you have anything else? I think that the LA Clippers are extraordinarily boring. And they really are. <laughs> I just like, I don't know if it's Paul George. Cause I kind of felt that way about the thunder. A lot of the times that Paul George was there, I felt that way about the Pacers. Like it's just, it was hard to get excited. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's a great basketball player, but he's not like thrilling except for the moments where he like takes over. And like, he's had right. some of those moments where he could just puts the game on his back and absolutely dominates. But especially like looking at the roster now, not having Kawhi, this is going to sound crazy, but not having Patrick Beverly mm-hmm. takes a lot of the excitement out. <laughs> Like you watch a Patrick Beverly game, like you, you're guaranteed some excitement. Um, I mean, just looking at their like projected starters, it's just so dull. Yeah, Eric like Bledsoe, <laughs> Batum, Ibaka, like Ibaka in 2021. I don't know. It they'll be fine. They'll be a good team. Like Silva said, they'll be fine. I don't know that I'll ever be like seeking them out to watch them on any given night. That's that's just kind of how. That's how the the 2021 Clippers feel to me. I think you kind of know that, Justin. Like PG, when he's at his peak, when he's playing at his peak, he can take over a game or finish a game better than almost anybody in, there, anybody in the entire league. The issue is the consistency there, whether it be health-related or even just him as a player in general, as us Thunder fans are well aware of. And without Kawhi, I'm curious, I, I don't think he can do that consistently enough. And also to your point, like these these guys on the Clippers are older. Therefore, I don't think they're going to be a super great. I mean, they'll be good enough. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to be a fantastic, like top four seed in the West kind of team. But I think come playoffs, they're all battle tested. And they could be a team that could upset somebody. Um, definitely a team that one of those top four teams won't want to be matched up with um, in the first round. I think Thunder fans are very invested in this team because the Thunder owns the unprotected Clippers pick in 2022. Um. It'll be interesting, right? This team, I think you guys have all kind of hit it on the head. They're not super exciting. Silva, I'm with you. I struggled to see Reggie Jackson recreating what he did, especially in a Western conference that has a metric crap ton of really good guards. If and Paul defensive G- guards. <laughs> if Paul George misses 20 games this season, which he's going to be, what, 32 this year? If Paul George misses 20 games this season, like how many of the games do they win of those 20? If he misses 20 Six? games this season, we're talking about playing probably, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you're the Thunder, like you would love that pick to end up as a lottery pick. Oh, yeah. You know, like you would Can love. Can you imagine? Man. <laughs> that would yeah. be nice. So ready to have my heartbroken. Two two off seasons in a row is what that's setting up for. It's it's an interesting one. We'll see kind of what comes with the Clippers. I don't think Kawhi Leonard plays a minute this year. I think he takes yeah. the entire season off. Um, Part for the be, course. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Clippers over under forty four and a half. I I, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good that. one too. That's a good number. I know. I was going to say if, if I if George I said that. plays seventy seven games, they're over. 
Yeah. But if Paul George misses time, this could be an under pretty easily for me. Like, I don't see Reggie Jackson and Terrence um, Mann. Terrence Mann and uh, what's their their center's name? Oh, uh, Zubots. 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 Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't see that team like carrying anybody, you know? Like, they're going to struggle in the West, especially like I mentioned with Golden State, when you're playing, when eight of your 82 games are against the Clippers and the Suns, you're going to have a rough time. 12 of them are against the Clippers, Suns, and Warriors. Oh, that's rough. You know, so... You you bring up a good point too, Jacob. Like, even if... PG might be forced to play some of those games that he wouldn't have had to play last season. But I think of like the season with Russ when uh, the second season when Melo wasn't there anymore, like PG was still playing in those games. What we saw dramatic. It wasn't good whenever exactly. the shoulder was hurt. Yeah. yeah. And not just one shoulder it was both shoulders. So I, I'm, I, I I'm think taking right. a slight under here. Yeah. I think I they, they're probably around 41, 42. I agree. And I probably should have been more optimistic on the Warriors because I'm, as we're going through this process, I'm trying to like think of the other teams over unders. I can't just you, go you under. You realize every you can't go under exactly. on every single team. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Somebody has to win basketball games. Yeah. So uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm thinking like 40 wins. Silva, <laughs> Justin, no. are you guys going over or under on the clips? Under. Yeah, under. Okay, very good. Let's move on. I think this next one we can probably get through pretty quickly. The Los Angeles Lakers last season, 42 and 30, seventh in the West. Uh, they win their play-in game against the Golden State Warriors. They go up against the two-seed Phoenix Suns. Uh, and they get uh, slapped around a little bit, especially whenever Anthony Davis goes down, which prompted massive changes in Lakerland this summer. Taylor? Oh, my. Yeah. You said we'd get through this one quickly, but I'm like, <laughs> just like scroll. You, I mean, you have Taylor for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, I'm going to take the next 30 minutes here to talk about uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Shooter's gone. Markeith Morris is gone. Ben McMore is gone. Wesley Matthews is gone. Uh, THT signed back up. Dudley retired. Uh, Andre Drummond gone with the Sixers. It's kind of funny. The Lakers decided they did not want to bring back Alex Caruso, or at least not at what Caruso was wanting. Um, the other players, uh, for example, one of the Antetokounmpo or Kumbros, um is gone. Now, this is kind of fun. Uh, Boomer Sooner. The Lakers drafted Austin Reeves, uh, signed him to a two-way contract. Hillbilly uh, Kobe. Hillbilly Kobe. Oh, that's such an amazing nickname. I can't believe we didn't know that when he was here in Norman, but uh, <laughs> pretty incredible. Um, they end up signing Dwight Howard, bringing him back, uh, hence why Drummond no longer is with the Lakers and actually went to the Sixers, funny enough. I'm going to interject real quick. They also, I don't know if you're still, if you're just going down the list, but they also lost, because I know you're, you are kind of getting past the losses now. Yep. Uh, they lost Mark Gasol. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I didn't even, yeah, that's a good Lost point. Kuzma, lost KCP. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, and, that, and that's in the trade. Yes. Okay, sorry, continue. No, no, you're, you're good, uh, but you're right, though, because Gasol doesn't show up on here because he wasn't necessarily a free agent, but apparently, yeah, that re- re- relationship, um, not great when they brought in Drummond, and so uh, it sounds like Gasol uh, is going to go over and play, like, with his own team that he has in Spain. Um, they signed Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, Kendrick Nunn, which is a pretty big one. Malik Monk, another solid one. They uh, signed Taylor Horton Tucker to a new multi-year deal. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Jacob, the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, they ended up acquiring Russell Westbrook and a couple picks, whatever, for KCP, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, 
um, and the draft rights to Isaiah Jackson all going to the Wizards in exchange for Russ. Um, Kent Bazemore signed with the Lakers, and Melo ends up finally getting to play with LeBron towards the end of their careers. That's a pretty fun one. Uh, uh, John Rondo, as I mentioned, DeAndre Jordan signed with the Lakers. I mean, they're deep. Um, oh, they converted Austin Reeves. I'm sorry. They converted him from a two-way to a multi-year deal now. And, uh, oh, the biggest one of all these, September 29th, they signed a traveling queen. I just love that name. I'm, I'm pretty sure I messed that up, but I, I think it's, I, I like it as traveling, <laughs> traveling queen. Signed a contract with the Lakers. <laughs> Training camp deal. Justin, let's move but... quick through this. Thoughts on the Lakers? Uh, um, they're going to they're going to be really good. Um, I mean, as a, a Thunder fan watching the Lakers, the Russell Westbrook storyline is obviously the thing to watch. It's the most exciting piece going on. Seeing how Russell fits on any given team, as we've seen in multiple stops since he left Oklahoma City, is obviously going to be something to keep your eyes on, especially with a roster that is as that is constructed as the Lakers are. Um, that's, that'll be very fascinating. They're going to win a lot of games. Uh, they're not going to be a fun team to play if you are also trying to win games. And I, you know, I look forward to seeing what Russ does in a Lakers jersey after enduring 12-ish years of seeing Russ photoshopped into Lakers jerseys. Uh, it's one <laughs> of those things where, you know, art imitates life and life imitates art. And we finally get to see it happen. So I'm I'm excited to watch it. Silva, anything else there? I think uh, this goes one of two ways. This goes, uh, Russ legitimately steps back into the third best player role. Shoots nope. like, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shoots like, now bear with me, 37 and a half percent from three. All right. It's a lot. <laughs> and they they make a playoff run. Or they're like, everything goes wrong, and it's like season one of the Night's Watch. It is just all the worst <laughs> players, all the olds get exiled there, and they're just left to die. <laughs> they're just left to yeah. die. Everything you just Russ- said about Russell Westbrook has been said on yeah. every off-season yeah. pod about Russell yes. Westbrook since yeah. approximately like 2010. Yeah, oh, like Russell, Russell believes he's the best player on that team. Is yeah. there any doubt? Right. Alongside, well, if there's anybody that can maybe change how Russell is viewing all this, it's yeah. LeBron. It's got to yeah. be LeBron. That same line has been said on God. every ESPN the, the or shooting, athletic podcast. The shooting on this team denial. is interesting. Yeah. Uh, if this, if it was 2014, this is a hell of a team. Uh, it's not 2014. <laughs> uh, it is 2021. Which made that picture of like, was it Rondo, Dwight Howard, yes. LeBron, Mello, Russ, and AD all together. It was those six. Oh, that was, yeah, it was hilarious. The image like, I can't shake with this Lakers team, though, is the Sports Illustrated cover with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. I was about to mention the, that. Yes. This is going to be fun. And it's like, I just this was not feeling. Does this end up being the Nash Lakers all over again? Yeah. 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 That's a yeah. Good. That team had I don't Nash, think so. Dwight, and Kobe, and if Trevor Ariza. If I if yeah. I have to bet, I don't think it I don't think it ends that badly, but it just it gives me the same vibes. Yeah, definitely. Um, question. Well, no, I'll hold this question till the end. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I have a fun question for you guys, but let's move on uh, to a team that I think we all wait over under. 
Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Over under 53 and a half. Oh, that seems high. Um, I want to go under on I'm, this one, too, because I don't think they're I'm on the be... books for over here. Oh, OK. See, I, I worry Russell about the Westbrook Rangers. is good for like six wins on his own. That's, that's there's going to be a night where LeBron sits and AD sits and they say, hey, Russ, we want you to take a night off. And Russ says, hey, here's my ass. Kiss it. <laughs> and then he goes out and goes for like 40, 10 and 10 and is like dancing all over the court. Rush just does stupid shit that wins games all the time. Yeah. He is good to win them like a handful of games that regular season everyone games. else. Yeah. That's regular season point. games where everyone else is sitting. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I've got to go over with a team. <laughs> you won Taylor um, over. I mean, there jazz <laughs> nugget. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Justin, I have to go. Where do you land? I take the over as well. Silva? Give me the over, Malik Monk. He's finally here. Hey. Secondly, I don't want to hear. Every, every word I hear about THT makes me angry. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because that anonymous GM said he, he might be offered a max. I think that just pissed me off forever. <laughs> I, I think I'm on record as saying THT is just a poor man's Lou Dort. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next one, a team I think we all kind of have a, a soft spot for. The Phoenix Suns. 51 and 21 last year. NBA final. Phoenix Suns. Obviously, they lose in the finals. Um, running it back, though, as Chris Paul re-ups. Monty Williams, um, like top five human being on the planet. Oh, yeah. Just an incredible, incredible dude, Monty Williams. Taylor, tell us what all they added and lost this offseason. So believe it or not, this one actually will be quick. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, they lost uh, each one more, uh, Langston Galloway and Torrey Craig. Um, they ended up signing a former Thunder player, uh, Abdul Nader, to a new multi-year contract. Former Thunder player, Cameron Payne, to a new multi-year contract. Hey. That was fairly fairly decent for him. I'm pretty happy for Cameron. Um, Chris Paul signed a, a, a larger deal with the Suns after opting out of his final deal, or sorry, his final season of his previous deal. And then this was this probably was the biggest splash of their offseason. Uh, the Suns acquired Landry Shamit uh, from the Nets in exchange for Javon Carter and the draft rights to Dron Sharp and a TPE. Uh, they re-signed Frank Kaminsky. They signed Alfred Payton. Uh, JaVel McGee kind of forgot about JaVel McGee there. He's a big lie. one for them. I think that, yeah, that, that's a pretty interesting one. And then Chandler Hutchinson, who was involved in the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, I believe he was waived. I can't remember which team waived him. I think it was the Spurs. And, mm-hmm. uh, he was picked up by on a two way contract by the Suns. Oh, and, uh, is it Chasen Randall, the Jason player Randall. who played for the blue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he signed a contract with the Suns, which I believe is just a training camp deal. Silva. How do you feel about these Phoenix Suns? I feel pretty dang good. They, they have, <laughs> they have a, obviously a ton of momentum heading into this season. A lot of the teams that would be battling them at the that that will be battling them at the top, like the Lakers. We just talked about them. Potentially uh, could be flawed. The Warriors could be flawed. The Nuggets missing Jamal Murray. The Jazz, their second best player, fraud. Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I feel good about the, their consistency. I think Chris Paul. This might be his last, like, like really good Chris Paul year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think DeAndre Ayton is is on an upward trajectory, and I think maybe he can fill some of that gap in if if Chris Paul does take a slight step down. Uh, Devin Booker, I I'm super high on him. 
I would I like to I would like to see where he's at from a consistency standpoint. I know he was kind of banged up through the playoffs, but he he was he was up and down, uh, especially after he got that nose injury. So I want to see what kind of season we get from him. Definitely. My thing with this Phoenix Suns team, and so I think you alluded a lot to it right there. The Lakers, we know who they are, right? Like we're not going to see growth out of LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. Like face value is what you're getting out of those guys, right? Same thing with those Golden State Warriors guys. Now, will those really young kids step up a little bit? There's a chance, right? But Phoenix, I think had the, as far as top Western Conference teams, had the biggest room for growth. Yeah, Like, you know what you're going to get from Chris. There's no jump coming from Chris. I would argue there's probably not a jump coming from Devin Booker. Maybe marginal increases. But then you look at DeAndre Ayton. Mm, You look at Mikhail Bridges. Yep. Right. You have these guys that are on an upward trajectory. So where have they gone? Yeah. Where have they gone from last year to this year? And is that jump big enough? And can they continue to grow throughout the season where they can surpass those teams like the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers? I think it's really interesting. They have the most room for growth up at the top of the West, I believe. That's spot on. Um, spot on. I think I'll just use this opportunity to plug our good friends at the Timeline Podcast, uh, the Phoenix hey, Sun Podcast, Blue Wire. Santa uh, might kill it. Go check yeah. them out. <laughs> they, uh, they've been putting together this offseason a series of YouTube videos where they go through and actually break down um, each of these young players and talk about their growth. Um, because I think they I think they would be in agreement with what Jacob just said. Uh, you know, it, it, It's all about internal growth for them and for a team that made the Western Conference Finals last year, or sorry, the Finals themselves last year. I think that's a uh, that's promising. Yep. I think everything you guys said is dead on. I'm curious to see Chris Paul, like what he looks like this year. It's one of those things, just like waiting on Russell Westbrook to change how he plays. You keep waiting on Chris Paul to take a step back. Um, I, how many more years can he go? Is this the year where like he has like a big drop off? Cause usually when that drop off comes, it comes pretty fast. Mm-hmm. True. So curious to see how that plays out throughout the course of the season. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, so much fun to watch so much young potential. It's what, as a Thunder fan, you know, you hope to be in that position one day where, you know, you suck for a long time, you accumulate assets, those assets grow up into people. And those people turn into pretty good basketball players. And now Phoenix Suns fans are getting to reap those rewards. So as a Thunder fan who's in the early stages of that, it's exciting to watch and and root for their success. Let me tell you guys something for the Suns. If they get full season DeAndre Ayton, like this season of what playoff DeAndre Ayton was last season, watch out. True. Because DeAndre... Playoff DeAndre, where he just he understood he had a role to play, and he played that role perfectly. He dominated that role. Like, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was no longer I'm trying to be the best player on my team and be the best player in the NBA because I was the number one overall pick, and it was more of an understanding of this is how I fit and this is what I do and this is what I focus on. I mean, was it against the Lakers in that first series where he had like that caught it at the three point line? that two dribble, like Euro step, like crazy little finish. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, that's, it's nice. that's insane. Like he guarded Jokic one playoff series 
and then flipped over and guard, guarded Giannis in another playoff series. Like, <laughs> true. If they get playoff DeAndre for a full season, watch out. Yep. He's, I think he's got a chance to be really, really good. Over under here, 51 and a half. This is why I'm I'm, all, I'm going over from the very beginning. I'm going over as well. Over. Yep, I'm on the over as well. I think it's going to be a really fun team. I can't wait to watch them. Also, in my day job, I've been getting <laughs> to do some work with oh, the yeah. Phoenix Suns, and I'm True. I'm already angling to try and get an expense expenses paid business yes. billable hey. trip to see a Suns game. Um, if that's you need my, a man that's one, just goal. holler at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Plus one. <laughs> our last that's team awesome. of the night, our last team of this preview series, save the Oklahoma City Thunder, which we'll do that one coming up. The Sacramento Kings. Last season, the Kings ended 12th in the West, 31 and 41. Go guess it. They missed the playoffs once more. (laughs) Who would have thought? It's an epidemic out there in Sacramento. Taylor, tell us what the Kings did this offseason. So, uh, in typical Kings fashion, they did not have a very sexy (laughs) offseason. They They nearly traded their player and then didn't trade their player (laughs) to make their player even more pissed off. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Kings. Very, very Kings. Uh, lost Kings. Whiteside, um, lost Kyle Die, Kyle Guy and Terrence Davis, I believe. Um, they drafted Davion Mitchell, which is kind of a surprise with their draft pick, but um, I do do like that player. Um, they signed uh, Rashawn Holmes to a new multi-year contract. Terrence Davis, actually, sorry, they did not lose him. They signed him to a new multi-year contract. They got in on the Tristan Thompson trade. They acquired uh, Tristan Thompson in exchange for DeLon Wright. Um, there was more with that trade, but that's essentially what it was for Sacramento. Uh, they signed Mo Harkless back to a multi-year deal. Alex Lynn signed a multi-year deal with the Kings. Yuck. Um, and oh, <laughs> Justin James uh, was signed on August 15th and then was waived on August 17th. Love it. Um, a bunch of names I never heard of, like Emmanuel Terry, Matt Coleman the third, and DJ Stewart signed contracts with the Kings uh, for their training camps. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Justin, how are you feeling on in about the Kings and Kingsland? Well, you know, um I'm really looking forward to them making a deep playoff run uh centered around Ben Simmons. Should be exciting. Uh no. <laughs> no. If you were the not- Kings, would you trade for Ben? Yeah. Yeah. If you can make it. Absolutely. Off, would you trade Fox for Ben straight up? No. <laughs> That's the thing. Are you willing to trade Fox or one of my favorite players in the lead, Hallie? See, the hard That's part of the hard part of that question is where you said if you were the Kings. <laughs> and I can't I can't get to that headspace. So I'm not sure. <laughs> um the Kings. I, yeah, there's nothing to get excited about. There's nothing that happened in the offseason that makes you think this year is going to be any different. It's going to be a lot more the same. I'm curious to watch the Buddy Heel drama. It's very clear that he doesn't want to be there, and it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they want him back, but they also are keeping him. Um, I, I <laughs> I don't because know. Russ came in last minute and was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" I bet they yeah. trade Buddy. I'm this gonna season. go to Lakers. They should. I, I, I feel pretty, yeah. pretty strong about that. Yeah. So uh, you can watch for that, I guess. Um, De'Aaron Fox is fast. Uh, Marvin Bagley would be a good Thunder prospect. Did you hear about all that, I got? That Luke Walton and talking about Bagley in training camp said, "Well, he had a career year last year." 
Oh. Which technically is not wrong. <laughs> wow. Scraping the bottle yeah, of barrel the there. Yes. He's ever played. God damn. Can you imagine? <laughs> I stood about That's 18 sad. inches away from Luke Walton at Summer League for about five minutes, and it took about four minutes and 52 seconds to realize it was Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked like some dude. He had like a trucker hat on. I don't know. It didn't click. Heck yeah. It took a yep. while. Yep. That's yeah, fair. The Kings are going to be weird. Yeah. Not good. I think they trade Buddy. I think you got to look at trading Harrison Barnes. Yep. Maybe mm-hmm. just burn it down and restart it. Although a lineup of Fox, Hallie, Mitchell, Barnes. Oh my gosh. And okay, speaking Rashawn of that, Holmes. It's a fun lineup. Speaking of that, and speaking of Walton, did you guys hear his quote about that three guard lineup? It, again, paraphrasing here. Uh, actually, I, I didn't even read it. This was just like when I was listening to the Hoop Collective. But, uh, basically, it was like... Uh, You're aggregating an aggregator. You want to hear this quote I didn't read? I'm the multi-aggregator, right? right the epitome of uh, NBA Twitter right here. Um, basically, it was like... I heard basketball. Ivermectin works as well. No, no. <laughs> uh, um, I guess Walton was asked about the three-guard lineup of Mitchell, Halliburton, and Fox. And was like, yeah, that's going to be a great lineup. You know, I'm really excited about it. But you know what I'm also excited for is a lineup of Mo Harkless and uh, Mitchell and somebody else like in the second unit. And it was just like, oh, my God. The Kings. <laughs> Tone deaf. Can never. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just terrible. Kangs got to Kangs. <laughs> they got to do it. 36 and a half for the over-under here. Oh, give me the under. Under. Why? Yeah, under. Why not? I'll always take the under with the Kings. What is? I need to look. They'll be at the same spot that they were last year, where they're like right there for a potential playing spot. Um, they'll have some internal growth and guys like Halliburton and Fox, but there's just nothing else there, and the team just can't put a competent team around those two players. I you mean I they're going to be too good to get a get top a good five draft pick, pick, but too bad to uh, make the playoffs. To bottom out this guy. Classic. This guy. I will say, I will say, if you want a reason to watch the Kings, Davion Mitchell should be kind of fun. Um, Again, Tyrese Halliburton is one of my favorite guys in the league. I love that kid. And I love Fox too. There's fun pieces, but the pieces don't always fit together. They don't always turn into their pieces from completely different puzzles. Right. Right. (laughs) Yes. So why not slap Ben Simmons, the puzzle piece that doesn't actually fit in any puzzle? Um, <laughs> just go ahead and put him in there too. 100%. Um, the the Kings, so you guys all went under at 36 and a half. It's interesting. The San Antonio Spurs are at 29 and a half. Who's, what's the better team? Ooh. I kind of think, I actually kind of think the Kings at this point. I think the Kings have mentioned. the better roster. They do. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know if they're the better team. That's a fair point. I From think the Spurs are going to be pretty bad, though. Yeah, yeah. Spurs ain't going to be good. So here's the question I was going to ask earlier. Is the NBA champion for the 2021-22 season in the Pacific Division? Mm. Or would you, bet, would you bet on that? I mean, you have Phoenix, you have the Lakers, you have Golden State. Obviously, Brooklyn is like the odds-on favorite to win the title. But I think after Brooklyn... You have Lakers, Phoenix, Golden State, and Milwaukee kind of in that tier two. Mm-hmm. Utah, would, maybe would Denver. You rather, would you tier. rather take the Pacific Division or the field for the NBA title? The field. 
taking the no field. Question. My bias wants to say take this division, but I will say the field. I like last I'm year, I might have taken the Pacific Division because of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But basically, we're talking about just the Lakers. Um, when Kawhi and, is I mean, healthy, State, is this the, the best division in basketball? Yeah. Uh, yes. so, yeah. Yeah. I think easily. From top to bottom, yeah. You have point. four great teams and then the Suns. Yeah. You mean the Kings? The Kings. <laughs> Sorry, the Kings. The Suns <laughs> like, are, Suns are great. Teams. Old <laughs> habits. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. <laughs> Awesome. All right. That's a good well, point. Guys, that wraps up our season preview series. We will do the Oklahoma City Thunder in two weeks because next week we do my favorite part of the year, the bets. So uh I can't you, wait. you gentlemen get your bets ready to go. Yeah, and you start jotting them down. I have some league wide ones too. I want to run by Oh yes. Guys. Oh yeah. So any other thoughts before we get out of here? Basketball tomorrow. Preseason or not, I'm just very happy and excited. What's the one thing, Justin, that could happen tomorrow night that's going to get you up out of your seat, uh, acting a fool in your living room? Allergies and all. (laughs) Uh, Josh Giddy throwing a three-quarter court behind-the-back pass to Poku, who slams it off the ground, off the backboard, into the hands of Shea, who throws it off the backboard again, to Lou to Dort, Lou. <laughs> who does a one-and-a-half front flip dunk. It's very specific. That will get me off the those couch. trampolines at halftime. Exactly. <laughs> if we do get the mythical double behind-the-back pass by the two white guys in this game, I'm going to lose it. I'm we're going to nickname this team the Thunder Globetrotters. I mean, you guys are going to like see me. solar eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are going to see me on the – on the stream tomorrow because I'm going to be the jackass with no shirt Taking on shirt off helicoptering just... it over my head. I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, dude, if I get a Josh Giddy behind the back to Poku behind the back to a Lou Dunk. <laughs> woo! It sure won't be the only thing that's flying off. <laughs> Silva, cue the outro music. All right. That's good. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast tonight. We appreciate you. If you're on the live stream, it was hopping again. We appreciate you guys for downloading the pod version of this. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the show. Drop a five-star rating while you're at it. That'd mean a ton to us. Helps more people see the show. And hey, don't forget, join us Monday night, post-game, right after the Thunder take on the Charlotte Hornets. We will go live right here on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, then immediately drop the podcast on all of our pod- podcast platforms. Get your question in. Talk about the game. Just come chill. It's going to be a blast. You guys have a great Monday. Enjoy. Basketball is back. We cannot wait. Hang out with the uncontested all season. For all of your OKC Thunder coverage, check out SI Thunder as well. For even more Thunder coverage, we will talk to you guys in about 24 hours. Until then, and as always, Thunder up! Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.